Another episode of Money Lab. I'm your host, Matt Mile High, Jersey Guy, Jivanisi, and joining me is the founder of ListenMoneyMatters.com and the co-host of the Listen Money Matters podcast, Andrew Fiebert. He's on the show today. Andrew Fiebert. Hi. Oh, hi. hi. Oh, hi. It's like uh, we haven't been talking for the last hour. I know. Seriously. But here we are. And uh, how's business? And how, <laughs> look, mm. how's business? I mean, we're in a, I mean, I don't know when this episode's going to come out. Kind of in a weird time in in the in the in the world, people are still um, paying us. The people, I mean, are but still, that was for last month. You know, we work remotely. Mm. We're sta- are you staying indoors uh, for the most part, except when I have to talk to you. You know, okay, okay. I've risked my life literally to talk to you. To, to you walk down the street to go to your office. I walked yeah ten minutes, and the only thing passing me are like moms and strollers. Right. You so pick. so business is okay. Yeah, it's good. Nothing, uh, no dire straits. Uh, nothing urgent, although Do you I, foresee anything? You know, um, where we technically earn from advertising budgets, and I think mm-hmm. that, like, affiliate income is, like, a superior advertising budget because it's, like, a no-risk yeah. type thing. But uh, I was telling Laura, like, um, I don't know, maybe our rates get cut, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Businesses I think, aren't um, making money, you know? True. But you happen to be in a very interesting place because you know things are happening in the stock market currently that are Mm. that are that fear you know that look very fearful and you just happen to be an educational place for learning about what to do yeah so you might be in a very good position you know we release a coronavirus episode and and laura was like i was like it was like pretty good you know she she thought we were gonna even go further but it's it's doing extremely well yeah i wonder why wonder why yeah everyone's searching for it um the only thing that mattered was did we spell coronavirus right in the title <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i i think uh yeah you're in a u- unique position to do well during uh this time i'm not sure how i feel um i don't know what's gonna happen because when do you people... think the, the money lab coronavirus episode is gonna go live <laughs> never <laughs> this, this is this is it you're listening to it right now um i i, I think um yeah, because everyone's capitalizing on it, right? You see that. Like, everyone's writing blog posts about it. Triple and, your audience. Yeah. Cor- COVID-19. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think uh, I'm a little nervous about some University. Not mm. going to lie. It's a little... because For like, other non-coronavirus reasons. So I'm, I'm working on a new challenge for, mm. for Money Lab, the Money Lab audience. So what happened with Swim University, and this is very similar to what happened to you in October with with Listen Money Matters, like you saw a dive, right? Mm-hmm. So we saw a dive at Swim University for the first time ever in the history of Swim University mm. at the end of January, which was the core update that Google put out. And a lot of, you know, we saw kind of a crop. We were looking at a whole so bunch January of January is down year over year. So January always dips for us, right? It's but always I mean, the like, lower as month. compared to previous Januaries. Correct. Oh yeah, we went like we lost ranking. But I mean, like actual visitors to your site is down. Okay, so by by sixteen percent year over year. So and what about this was February? The, uh, February was also no, no. Sorry, February. Yeah, January and February were both like fifteen percent if we if you total mm-hmm. them together. So which which is has never happened. In the history of, in like since 2008, we have never seen a year over year decrease. 
Mm. Right. Um, so nervous, right. Nerve wracking. And I was like, okay, but what happened? So what happened was the core update, which is exactly when it started. We saw, you know, we, we did a bunch of research. We looked at a bunch of our competitors. Everyone went through the same thing. Um, even, you know, especially in health and finances, your money, your life category. Um, but I think you got hit in, in October and then you survived that. So I don't think the core update hurt you as much as it hurt me. And, you know, we had done every, we were, we're doing everything correct. So like, you know, talking with Michelle, we're sitting there going like, there's nothing we can do. We're, we're, we're doing rich snippets. We're doing, we're doing good content. We're, we're, we're publishing consistently. We're refreshing old articles. You know, the website is, it loads in under a second. It's just like, but, and so now I was sitting there going like, ugh, it was telling, talking to Michelle yesterday and I'm like, man, this is nerve wracking. Like I just see red across the board and, you know, like red numbers, down numbers in, in, in Ahrefs. And she's like, that's not what I see. And I was like, what? Wh-? And I had mine set to 90 days and she has hers set to 30 days. And so when I switched it, now we're on the up and mm. I was like, okay, okay. That's like makes me feel a little bit better that it's going back up. And obviously we're like headed into the season. So all of our rankings are increasing and we're, you know, getting more traffic now and, you know, still still have a dip. But I don't know what's going to happen with coronavirus and and if and if people are going to open their pools. I don't know. Oh, like they might not have money to open their pools or something that or they might not open them because they're afraid to go into water because transmitting of diseases. I don't know. I don't know. It's just mm. a little nerve wracking. So, uh, so what I, so the long story short, what I've been doing is the podcast experiment. Like I need to find other channels besides Google and to, to kind of like keep the, keep things afloat, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. And so one of the channels that I've, that's always been pretty good for me is Pinterest, but I've kind of ne- neglected it for the last year. And I'm like, you know what, let me try to spin that up again and like make it more consistent. And, and just, I need another, all I'm thinking about with some university is and this goes for all my brands as well. I don't want to traffic. I want, you know, Swim University has three traffic engines and they're all search engines. They're search mm-hmm. engine based. I'm not doing fucking Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, because that's like you create content and then it goes into the ether and you never see it again. Right, right. But Pinterest and YouTube and search are all things that when you create content, it lasts forever. It's evergreen and it can, it can continue to pay off for you. Well, it sounded like YouTube was doing extremely well for you. Yeah. So, so we're, why wouldn't you like super triple down on that? We are doing touch a search. Like, no, no, we are doing that. So Mm -hmm. this is like, we, so since we're already doing that, we're doing YouTube. And so the one, the one piece of the three that I completely neglected was Pinterest. And so we're like, so I'm going to like, do this challenge where I'm going to like just bulk schedule a ton of pins and I'm going to measure the percentage of, you know, I want to increase, I want to kind of diversify my traffic, you know, where it's like, you know, I want say 70 or 60% coming in from Google, you know, 20% coming in from Pinterest, 20% coming in from, um, at YouTube or what, or whatever it works out. I just mm-hmm. want to kind of diversify that pie chart a little bit. And, the, but the big worry for me is YouTube has an excellent conversion rate to products and affiliate links. The question is, is does Pinterest have the same? Anyway, all that, there's a lot coming up for this year. We're in a weird, we're in a weird 2020 already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but business overall is fine. Things are well. 
you know, I'm not losing a ton of money, so that's good. And we'll talk all about that. But today, in this episode, we're answering five questions from Money Lab listeners. But before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Money Lab Pro. You've been asking for it, and I finally made it. Money Lab Pro is a membership where you can access every single one of my online business courses and chat with me and other like minded business owners in the members only Money Lab Pro community. You'll also get access to my SEO, monetization, and blogging video courses, my YouTube and podcast video tutorials, my lightning fast WordPress theme, and so much more. I did the math, and Money Lab Pro includes over 155 over-the-shoulder video lessons and growing. Not to mention, it includes access to templates, processes, and spreadsheets that I use to run all my online businesses. And like I mentioned before, Money Lab Pro also includes a members-only community where you can share your ideas and get expert feedback to help you earn more money with your online business. Go to moneylab.co slash pro right now to sign up. It's super affordable and there's no reason not to check it out. That's moneylab.co slash pro. All right, so we're answering your questions. So thank you to everyone who submitted a question over Twitter and email and keep them coming because we love doing this type of episode, of course. Mm. And oh, let's dive. Nice. Yeah, so let's get into it. Uh, this first one comes from Josh Blackburn. How do you focus on growing just one website? I sold a site and have cash to build out a few sites, but I have limited time. I need better systems. My challenge Focusing on growing one site, I'm ready to have cash flow again. Mm. My, so I guess my favorite quote uh, it was something Steve Jobs said to uh, Larry Page from Google in the early days, and he said uh, the secret is more wood behind fewer arrows. Mm-hmm. Essentially, like don't do all the things, do three things excellently, or really just do one thing incredibly well. Yeah, it, yeah. When I read the book. Uh, Steve Jobs' biography, I found it really interesting that he took the time to make the inside of the computer look really beautiful, even mm. though no one would see it. And I think that kind of speaks to the same thing, where it's like, you know, everything on a site should be just like excellent, right? Yeah. But how do you focus on growing just one when you and I are sitting here right now with multiples each? Okay. We, we took very different paths, though. I was one for like were, five or six years. And you were gung-ho about only one. Yeah, I remember I one of the riffs of why we broke up is me fighting with you over focus. Yeah, yeah. Um, Now, you know, like I, I feel like I kind of... Our, our you realized I was right. <laughs> <laughs> our top secret site was... is It's kind of like Laura's site. I, I have enabled her. I've taken the mm-hmm. things that I've built, applied it to her stuff. Right. You know, but it's still your company, right? Exactly. Right. So the, yeah. the tech is like mine, but really, I only have one site. It's that, and then you know, well, we have Lasso, right? Which is kind of its own thing, mm-hmm. right? So it's hard to. I guess I don't view that as a website. Yeah, you don't. You don't? I mean, it's a brand. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. And and it, look, and if we put all of our time and attention into lasso 20 you know we have oh all the it would time do so a- much better uh, you're okay fine you're right i i you regret th- you- having so many things yeah i really do i do too 
I spent uh, but a ton of time in the last two weeks fixing investable stuff, mm-hmm. and I, I regretted another, every minute of it. Another brand that we have. Yeah, I, it's just. I, let me ask this. Um, you know, do you think though having one brand? You know, let's say it was Listen Money Matters, and for mm-hmm. me, it was Swim University. At a certain point, is there a peak to that business? Is there a cap? I, I, and is that okay? You know, I, I you don't, don't th- really don't believe so. so. I, I don't think so. I think there's. Well, you're, so... I think your cap is much higher than what Swim University's cap would be. Mm. You know, but uh, like you, you are like flirting with the cap for years, and then you're like YouTube, and now all of a sudden there's like green pastures ahead. And so I think it's still under one brand. Yes. Like just but think I'm, about I'm, the, the the pool podcast you started. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm saying cap isn't like you're only you can only do so much. Mm. You know, before it's like there's only so many pools in America and they're growing slowly. Whereas right. like everyone could get better with money overnight, which is what you're seeing now. So like I think your your ceiling is much higher than mine, mm. which I think is good. Um but but at the same time, like, uh, I, I mean, I agree with. I mean, yeah, I, I it's like I regret not I regret doing a bunch of other sites, but then I can't. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I'm really glad I have Money Lab. Like mm-hmm. that feels like a really good thing for me. And I'm working really hard on some university. But then it's like what happens is you get torn between these things. And it's like, well, how do you. You know, how do you whole ass one thing and not half ass a bunch of other things? And I don't I, think I don't think there's even a way too. I always feel no, like but, I'm partial assing it. Well, I don't know if I'm half assing things. I'm just I'm whole assing them at the in the moment. Like it's mm-hmm. like, oh, today I'm gonna do a swim university video, or today I'm gonna do a money lab video. Like in that little bubble of time, I am not half assing that video. I'm whole assing it, but then it's like well, then what do I do Wednesday? And then what do I do the following day? It's like, you know, and and what, and it's like, it's a constant rebalancing of priorities. It's the type of people that we are. And not to be like, oh, we're like such entrepreneurs, but we have the the starting disease. You know, <laughs> we, right. we unfortunately don't really have a good maintenance disease where honestly, with anything, like say a bridge, they spend yeah. more time on maintenance than building the thing. Yeah. Hopefully it lasts a while. You know, and I wonder sometimes, like, what if it was only the Listen Money Matters podcast? I didn't do any of the other things. You'd be it, so bored, dude. I I think that's the thing is my personality. I might be bored, but like, I might be the top and best one because I could have made it so so good. It could have been like Gimlet level. Okay, you know. But now right. we're we're like I don't know, fourteenth uh, or ninth, depending on what. Yeah, and that that burns me up. Yeah, because we were first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. Uh... When you look at doing things, you know, one at a time, it doesn't really appeal to entrepreneurs. That the true word of entrepreneurship, right? I think a lot of people confuse entrepreneurship with just owning their own business. That's not, I don't think they're the same thing. An entrepreneur is a starter and a constant starter. And their and their job is to invest in businesses by starting them up and then putting other people in place to maintenance them forever. Getting you do excellent that multiple managers times. and operators in there to yes. take over when they yeah. Yeah, and it's and they, you know, there's this term serial entrepreneur, and I'm like, well, that feels redundant. <laughs> like mm, that just yeah. it sounds like a redundant phrase to me. So yeah, I wish I could just start one brick and mortar business 
And like, that's my job forever. And I'm just happy with doing the same, like, you know, clocking in the same time every morning, serving the same customers every day and just, you know, growing slowly, but maybe not growing at all. And just kind of like keeping the business afloat and doing my thing. But I literally can't do the same thing every day. I'll tell you what, because you did do the same thing every day when you had to. And so he says, like, how do you focus? And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you need to earn a thousand dollars, like the quickest way to do it is to focus instead of starting like 15 sites and then waiting 15 years for them to each make a thousand dollars instead do it in one year with one site. Mm-hmm. Um, but the mm-hmm. problem is, and it's perhaps our success is our detriment is that we've done well and we've made money. And so I don't need to necessarily push as hard and same with you. And as a result, the shiny objects, instead of like, I don't know, going outside and, you know, and have, talking to people we just yeah. create another business yeah but we even when ourselves. i was but even when i was building some university and going like this is my thing some university is my 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 brand my baby this is what's going to make me money i was like i would get bored and i'm like yeah. i'm going to start a social network for dogs i'm going to start yeah. a home brewing uh, a, a, a beer brewing website i'm going to start a, a crocs website like it's just because i'm like this isn't growing fast enough for me i'm bored i need something else to build from scratch, I need to, to to service that thing about me where I'm like, I want to come up with a fucking brand name, a domain name. Uh, I want to design a site. And and if it's like, you know, the, the, I liked going into Swim University and improving the page speed. But am I going to go into Swim University and code every single week? No, there's nothing mm. to do. So I, it's like it's 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 good enough. And I shouldn't say good enough. It's perfect, in my opinion, like code wise, it's completely like one of the cleanest codes uh, code bases i've ever created and i'm like well now i want to do that again like let me let me build that from from nothing again mm. because or yeah do a podcast every week and that's all you, that's your and that's imagine like imagine if the world if like even somebody like laura told you andrew all you have to do is show up on thursdays and record two podcasts episodes. i don't even know if i would be able to be right. that relaxed i know i feel the same way i think the how do you stay focused or how do you stay focused on growing one website? Depends on who you are. And you need people around you to, to tell you you're being stupid. Because when I go off into all these things, Laura yells at me. You know, I, I need someone to do that. And me too. And vice versa. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. It's a hard question for <laughs> you and I to answer because yeah. I feel like we're so. But if you're but starting, I, I mean, you're shooting yourself in like both feet. If you're trying to start, start two things at once. It's yeah, so oh, hard sure. to take something to any meaningful level. Why yeah. would you try and do two in tandem? Yeah, I, that I wouldn't do for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so hopefully that sort of answers your question. I would say, how do you focus on one website? Because you have to. Mm. And then you can decide later if you want to have another one. Yeah. If it works out. If it works out, get get that cash flow again. So thank you, Josh, for that question. I appreciate it. Next, we're lo- moving on to Daniel Mead who says, how do you manage an affiliate site when most affiliate programs are localized by country? For example, Amazon Associates US versus Amazon Associates UK. Do you pick just one or do you geolocate users and serve up the right one for them? You're looking at me like as if I know the answer. I think, well, I think you absolutely know the answer. I, well, I do. I'm just, yeah. Hey, you, you geolocate. Yeah. And, super, and it's super easy. Yep. Um, there's, and, there's, there's three ways to do it. 
and I, I will say, and, and we're going to tell you the ways, but I'll preface it that uh, we have a thing that does well during Christmas. Mm-hmm. Tons of volume, 1.4 million people. Uh, it only amounted to an increase of 5% of revenue. I thought it was going to be even about 10%, and it wasn't. When you, localize, when, you, when you went out of country. So, so localizing versus non-localizing added yeah. an additional 5%, which in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's easy to implement, but it's, it's mm-hmm. not like I thought it was going to be like game changing, yeah, like 20% increase or I don't know. It, it wasn't even proportional to the traffic. So I don't know. It's not as exciting as I originally thought it would be. So I experienced the same thing. It's to me, I localized on some university to the UK canada and australia mm. because that is i went on google analytics and i was like where are my customers you know where are my visitors these are the top sites cool i'm gonna just localize them and see how what you know i'm literally sitting on a check right on my desk from canada for 177 dollars dude why isn't that direct deposit what's going on over here because canada oh our canada direct deposited is it I, I i couldn't get it so they have to send me checks oh I think it's because it's so it was so low for so long, and now I think it might be higher, so I can I have to go back in and do it. But yeah, um, we also did Spain, Germany, Italy, some total of which during Christmas maybe added to twenty dollars. There maybe. you go. So, so okay, three ways to do it, and we'll start with if you wait, <laughs> if you wait a little longer. Uh, you know, we have this this program called Lasso, which is um, a WordPress plugin that manages affiliate links. Currently, it does not offer geolocation for Amazon specifically, but that is in the scope of things to be done probably before the summer or during the summer. Yeah, and and it would be no additional cost to yep. implement this. So yeah, that would be, you know, um, that's one way to do it. But if you want to do it now, uh, and even if you're using Lasso already and you just want to do it now, there are two ways. And I, the first way is Amazon itself, by the and this is like, we're really just talking about Amazon here because I don't know if any other affiliate programs do this. You know, I don't know if Walmart's affiliate program or Target's affiliate program has geolocation, but Amazon certainly does. And Amazon offers something called OneLink, which is part of their Amazon Associates program, which is a little line of JavaScript code that you stick on your website and it will geolocate things for you. So if somebody in America clicks on a product, but they live in the UK, it'll be directed to the UK Amazon version. Um, and then you get paid for that. But you have to open up this. You have to start each one of these stores, you know, mm-hmm. in Amazon. So you have multiple Amazon Associates accounts, one for each country. The only thing I hate about OneLink is that the 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 JavaScript code is incredibly slow. If you look at if like you go to con, what was it uh, a waterfall on like yeah. GT Metrics? It looks like it's like recursively doing yeah. something, like literally infinite amount of. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a it's a slow JavaScript code. And then the last one, which is I think you and I both use, is Genius Link. And we only use it for geolocating mm. for Amazon specifically. And it's it super also, easy. You mm-hmm. like literally paste three lines of code at the bottom of your site. Yep. And it's you much add faster. Your tags into their site. Yep, much faster. Mm. Uh and and yeah, it's kind of automatic because we use Lasso in tandem with Genius Link mm. only for the geolocation and it, you know, and obviously only for Amazon links and it just, you know, I think I'm paying like nine bucks a month. It's not mm. much for Genius Link. Um, I know you're paying much more because you have a lot more traffic in the, in, Dece- in the- December. It was like 1600 or something. Whoa, that's and, a lot of uh, money. 
So which, which is the motivation for it to be included in Lasso, so we don't exactly. have to pay that and all the other months of yeah. It's a stupid uh, So I would say, I mean, like Amazon associate. I mean, Amazon started in America, so mm. I mean that's where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck, even if your site is off. You know, not not in America. I would imagine, mm. although I don't have any evidence to prove that, but America has 300 and some million people, and uh, they we all we all use Amazon ferociously. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. And and what's and yeah, so that's that's so you don't pick you don't have to pick just one. You can pick all. Mm. But I would I would personally look at your Google Analytics or whatever analytics software you use and pick your top countries. You don't need, you know, the that you know, a country that brings in like ten visitors a year. I, I wouldn't even You're just gonna create additional paperwork for yourself and Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um so that's Daniel's question. Thank you very much, Daniel. Moving on to Anthony's question. If your current businesses just disappeared overnight and you know they were not recoverable, what would you do to start from scratch in 2020? <laughs> would you start building new content sites or something different? I'm I'm sure you've thought about this more than I have. I mean, content sites are so easy. I would never do a personal finance site again. And I, I see people creating new ones and I'm just like, so yeah. I, I don't even know why. I, know, I, I, all... might, I might do something simple, but I would probably look to do SaaS. Yeah. Yeah. I, so um, I would do both hmm. in one thing. Yeah, like one that feeds into the, the yes. SaaS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would, I would, I mean, like, would I start some university again? Probably. Because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I just, it just works for me and I know it. Yeah. And that's all, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I got a question yesterday that was like, have you ever thought about starting an app for some university? Ooh, I would never start an app. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I was very close. I didn't start one, but another guy had an app already. And and he was like, I need help, you know, pitching this. And I'm like, well, let's let's turn it into a swim. Let's like rebrand it into a swim university app. Mm. And then that way I can like, you know, we could partner and it never, it never came to fruition, but that app is still out there and it's still really well designed. And it's, there's a whole volume of interest in the app store. Like that's like, yeah. a, that's a new channel that that's you can bring in. Yeah. But, uh, app is not easy. Websites. No. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think it would be a mixture of SAS and content. And it's funny, like if, if I if our businesses disappeared overnight, you know, some like, you know, some leftover type of situation where, you know, our websites just vanish. Um I I mean, obviously that would include Lasso, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Let's say that it, you know So we so we rebuild do we rebuild Lasso? Mm. I guess we is, wouldn't that... have the problem. It'd be really hard to build it without, you know. Yeah, I mean, so okay. Let's let's think about it this way. It really like starting from scratch, right? So I we would build this... a super basic niche site in like the most definition of niche site. Like, I don't know, uh, swimwear for men. But it wouldn't be guaranteed though, would it? Because you have a, you're going to, so it's assuming at this point we have a runway, right? Like we mm -hmm. have money saved up right. and we could, I mean, you and I could probably float for six months to a year. Maybe you could be a little bit longer. Mm. Um, and so it's like, we got to do something now to earn money. Like what do we what do we do to like recover as fast as humanly possible? I don't think a niche site has had to do that. 
Right. I, I think that there are all these zero competition places that uh, just work really well. Dude. Yeah. The, the I don't know if it's worth talking about, but we are running an experiment with the Get Lasso site where essentially you're using computer generated pages. Yeah. And uh, it's growing very rapidly because they're yeah. just in a vacuum of competition. That's the, true. New, the new new site that Laura and I made, we're only doing zero competition keywords. Why could yeah. be with anybody? Right. It's exhausting. I mean, that's, a, that's a smart I, a way to go about it, but it's not guaranteed that, you know, you get. Oh, depends, for sure. And, right. Yeah. I think uh, controlling like I think building a SaaS product from the ground up or building a course and then building content around that course, you know, to sell that course. I think that's the way that I would do it is is not necessarily go niche, but to be like, all right, what is it that I'm good at? Let me let me build a product around what I'm good at and then start to build content to draw traffic to that mm. product or multiple products. And it, whether that's SaaS or courses or, you know, literally physical products, I don't know. But that's, I, I mean, like if I could start some university over from scratch, I would start with the products first. And then I would build all of the content to funnel into those products. Mm. That's what I would do. And I wish I had done it sooner. You know, affiliate links are great. That to me, I like to consider affiliate links like super bonus money, mm. you know? And it's like, and, and if you could, I mean, obviously I make more with affiliate links than I do with my products, but that's why it's like a great, great bonus. But it's also like volatile in a way. Mm. I don't know. I remember, and obviously you're very like hmm. you're very program driven. So I would imagine like SaaS would be very. Appealing I would want to build something that's just like my wheelhouse. Yeah, and I I would start a podcast immediately because <laughs> that is where the money is. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you have anything you want to add to this? Hmm. It's a tough question. It is. You you know what I would say? Uh, it would have to be something that you're obsessed about i don't think mm. i think like the secret like the secret is that like we just become like insanely obsessed with the things we work on and that's mm -hmm. the only reason we're able to get through the unlimited disappointments and the like ridiculous amounts of work is just being yeah. crazed about it and so if it's something that you're like i'm gonna make some money like i don't, I don't know that i believe you're ever gonna make it because right I, I I talk about this specific thing a lot where I say to people like not passion, you know, no, 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 different, different than obsession. Yeah, different. I tell people, I don't think you realize how much I enjoy waking up in the morning and mm. getting to this computer as fast as possible Same. to literally make fucking pins and videos. And it doesn't even matter what I want. My on. morning piss. I'm looking at my Asana inbox. Yeah, right. Me too. <laughs> and it's like, I, I just I just I'm obsessed and mm. I just like doing this and it's not I, I don't love doing it. Mm. I'm not it's not a passion, but it is certainly, certainly a hobby of mine, mm. you know, to a to a extreme point. It's kind of like being in a casino for your whole life where like all the dingings and then the coins hitting <laughs> right. the whatever. <laughs> but we're constantly getting like push notifications and someone yeah. like. Hey, Andrew, I think your podcast is shit. And then you're like, yeah. you get a fucking jolt to. That's true. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. And mm. so I think like, I always say, like, this is not for everybody. Um, and, and but at the same time, like, you know, see where you fit, you know, kind of like always be self-aware and go like, am I really into this? Do I really mm. like this. Is this is this pulling teeth to do this? 
because when things are when things feel that way, we usually stop, you know, or we'll or we'll scale back. We'll find somebody else to do that work if we know it's important. But, you know, sometimes it is pulling teeth and we're like, you know what? But I don't care. It's my thing. It's like I like doing it. I'd rather do this than be outside right now. Yeah. You know, so it's just yeah, it's about like it's it's an obsession for sure. So thank you, Anthony, for your question. I appreciate it. We have two more. We are running long on this episode, but let's get into it. Jonathan asks, has either of you had anyone quit in your business? How is it different than traditional brick and mortar, especially after talking about growing people, quote unquote, to perform well? How does that loss affect everything? Yeah. Right in the middle of starting with my matters, you quit on me. Yep. Yeah, it was the worst. Yeah, I did. And then what happened? What'd you do? I worked inside. Just my nose became I, my nose is huge. Can you yeah. imagine if it wasn't on the grindstone that long? Mm. How big it would be? I it was just insanely hard, you know. Yeah, and I think hard. anyone that you invest a lot of time in, uh, losing them is going to be like, I don't know, losing a kidney. Yeah, if you only no. have one. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> because the, the kidney eventually grows back. It just takes a lot of time mm. and it's and it's stressful it's incredibly stressful uh you can't plan for it and honestly if you plan yeah. for it i think that you almost are then not committed enough to really yeah. have it work as well as it could yeah i think it's something that you just kind of have to have in the back of your mind that is a, always a possibility but i think if you treat people with respect and you treat them well and you make them a part of your business and your growth i think there won't be any abrupt quits. Mm. There won't be any abrupt like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. Because that's the worst, right? Especially when you rely on them to do something. Mm. Uh, you know, in my specific business. You abruptly quitted on me, though. I did. Yeah, but I was like, I was literally like toast. I was like mm. pushed. I was pushed to the max, mm. you know, and I was desperate. I wasn't making enough money. I was like desperate. Because I was about to lose unemployment. It was just like all the things kind of like, you know, and no one could have expected that. Not even myself. I didn't even know mm. until I was just like, fuck, I, I'm so fucked. Like, I'm going to have to go get a job. Mm. And it's like, like I yeah, got to go. Imagine. So it was just like, a, it was just a, you know. And that's the thing. Like, it's not like you didn't treat me with respect or anything. It's not like you. Did I mean, we were wrong. fighting when you. When we you were. Left. Fi- yeah, yeah. But because we were. Dude, we pushed ourselves way too hard. Yeah. yeah. You know, with the podcast was just way too difficult. Um, but <laughs> now we have. I know we a were massive. Releasing how many articles? Of we- oh, yeah, we were really. Uh, uh, we were really pushing it. And, we and extra. But the, the but, you know, the site or, or the podcast grew really well and obviously continues to be very mm. high in the charts and still has a huge audience. But really what worked for you was the website. I had nothing to do with that. Well, the podcast didn't do as well after you left. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, yeah, but maybe I, it, it, it like maybe about it... halved. And then we, you know, you got, we got back, didn't we? Mm. Did we? Did we yeah. get it back? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, I only had one person abruptly quit on me. Mm. And that was fine. Um, she quit. She was a sa- I hired a salesperson to sell advertising at Swim University. Um, when we were when we were doing that, like when we were like getting sponsorships on the on the email and then the website, you know, we're doing banner ads and shit and and sponsored posts and stuff like that. Was she commission only? or Were you paying her? No, I was paying her. How much were you paying her? Ooh, 
say, uh, God, I want to say like twenty five hundred a month. Oh wow. Okay. You know, but the commission was lower because mm. I my whole philosophy was like I didn't never hired a salesperson before. This was the first time. Um, you know, at the at this moment in my career, I was really kind of like, oh, the business is growing. I need to kind of work myself out of it, right? I need I. You know, I wasn't, I needed to see, I hired a COO to kind of, you know, make sure we were doing a bunch of things all at once. And mm-hmm. I was overspending like crazy. And this is that during that whole time where I overspent, there's a whole article on Money Lab about it. And uh, we were, we were at that year, I think we made like 75K from sponsorships on Swim University. So I'm like, okay, this is, I can afford to pay somebody to do this for me because it was awful, kind of, it was awful work for me. Mm-hmm. And, I hired somebody who wasn't a salesperson, but had a good personality and I thought could be trained up. And I felt as though if somebody was getting paid a salary as opposed to commission, it would be, they would be like just more comfortable and not be so stressful. Like, oh, if I don't make a sale, I'm not getting paid. And I didn't want that feeling. And maybe we would have tapered off and be like, okay, now you're really selling. Let's, let's, you know, let's maybe uh, re renegotiate. Um, but we were training this person up, right? They had no sales experience. So I mm-hmm. literally hired her as a sales coach. We, you know, I would talk to the sales coach and I would talk to her. We'd have these meetings with the COO and it would be like, hey, she needs these assets. She needs to be able to, she needs these flyers. She needs these business cards. She needs all this stuff um, if she's going to sell effectively. And I'm like, okay. So I started investing in business cards. I invested in flyers. In hindsight, it makes complete sense. We were trying to get a legit salesperson to sell. So we were so I flew her to the big pool conference in Florida. I bet, Matt, if you in you Matt Givanisi got you walked there, you didn't even fly there, and you had a shirt and no pants mm-hmm. and no business cards, you would be able to sell ads. You don't need a business I, card. Yeah, you but don't I need wouldn't. flyers. But I wouldn't have, and I didn't, and I, and even when I, because I did this, you didn't for, want to, or slash didn't have to. But I'm saying, no, like, I did it was... for four years. I would go to these conferences. There's two conferences every mm-hmm. year. It's one in New Jersey, and there's one in like either Vegas or Florida, and it's it alternates. And I would go, and I'm just way too timid, and, and, and to walk up to I, weirdly. I know you're you're looking at me like with weird eyes. I, I dude, I was I literally like would not walk up to people and sell because I would be so nervous to do it. And so I just knew I wasn't going to be that person. And, you know, it, it, like I literally. But then who is, to... I used to, you would go to FinCon and I, I never thought I was timid. I was timid in comparison to you when we were I wouldn't things. walk up to Ally and talk to them about advertising. I would just make friends. You would, then, you like, would never do business. I would never do business. It was always like networking by not really trying to network. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. like handing out business cards or like schmoozing or any of that stuff. And so I just wasn't the right person. But long story short, I sent her out there. She got completely overwhelmed and literally quit while she was in Florida at at this conference. And, you know, at the time, I was just like, it's kind of a relief because it it wasn't working. It was really stressful for her. It was really stressful for me. We didn't have our I didn't have my shit together figured out in how to do sales. And it just was like bad fit all around, bad position, mm-hmm. bad, uh, you know, she wasn't the right fit for it, which we talked about. And we were always upfront and honest with each other. So it wasn't like, it, and it just was, it, it, you know, it was like, okay, well, it wasn't devastating because it was, I was trying to enter a new revenue stream, mm-hmm. right? 
And I was trying to like get like take it off my plate, give it to somebody else and let them kind of like just go with it and go nuts with it. I think in in hindsight, I wouldn't I, you know, after talking to the sales coach a bunch, I realized that, that salespeople are a different caliber of people. They they yeah. just you you can't take a person who's just personable and friendly and turn them into a salesperson because that would be me. I'm I'm a nice person. I do well in public places. But I suck at sales. I suck at closing. I think the thing is, like, are the person like you, a person like me, we the we do the things we like to do. Yeah. And then we happen to get paid to do them. But if I wasn't getting paid to do this stuff, I'd probably do it anyways. And yeah. I think sales is one of those like really rare things where no like salesperson does sales in their spare time. And I think that's right. why they have to get commissioned and stuff like yeah. that, because mm -hmm. you know, who wants to do this? Well, that's stuff? why it's commission based. I think it's because there's a hunger. There's a it's like a there's a, it's a different feeling and I don't have it. Like I, I, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're working with a real estate agent. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're like, just, just looking at houses like with almost zero intention to buy, or like we walk into a place and I'm just like, Nope, like I'm mm -hmm. still going to look at the whole place, but I'm already like, no, but I have this, uh, personal problem where I go, uh, you know, sometimes a house will come on and I'm like, uh, I don't, it looks really nice, but I don't want to waste her time going to see it because I'm like, what if I don't like it? And, I, and I'm like, I just I just put her through a half hour of me just going like, Meh, you know, but the way she looks at it is like, this is not a waste of time for me. You know, one day you're going to buy and I'm going to make a huge commission off of you. It may take you two freaking years. Yeah. But like. And my, and my dad's a salesperson and I know salespeople on my, and who I like, I, my friend one time was saying that like he spent six months with a client to do a commercial sale because he knew that if he sold this commercial building, he was going to make like a huge check and it fell through, you know, in the end. Mm. And in my personality is like, I would never do that again. I'd be like, nope, I, you just wasted six months of my life. I'm never going to, I didn't get paid for it. Someone in sales has to be immune to that stuff. They like yes. literally can't matter to them. You can, can, but you can you Not feel that, it that can't matter? But yeah, when I say that story, do you feel the same anxiety where you're? Yeah, like, I'd I'd be really upset. Yeah, I'd be really upset. And 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 uh, apparently that's not it's not the same. I'm sure there's like there's always disappointment in losing a sale, but it's like well, there's another one, and that's my job is just to keep doing this, and and I get paid kind of on a like you win some, you lose some scenario, and I don't like the win some, lose some scenario. If I'm going to spend time sitting at this computer and doing work, I be it better be something I create that will make money in the future. I feel you even if I mean? it amounts to just the smallest amount of money, yes. it needs to be like piling up into something. Yes. I can't have time that just is literally absolute waste. That, that kills me. Yeah, Which is why you don't do sales very well. Yeah, As much as you're good at it, it does. It means you're, but you're not. You're there are people good at, in the inbox often that want to buy ads, and I just don't even really want to. You know, because because you're just like in your mind, you're like, I, this might be a waste of my time. Like, yeah. I might spend two weeks working with this person. Now, hour wise, or you know, it may not be that actual many hours. It's just exhausting. But it's exhausting. Yeah. So, um, I get it. It's a different caliber of person. Mm. It's not, you know, it's not for everybody. You can't just hire a VA to do sales. Mm. I think it has to be you have to hire a, a salesperson who's who know who understands the game. <laughs> That's not me. So, um, yeah. So people have quit. Have you ever have you had anybody else quit besides me? Like anybody 
or had you just you let people go, but you probably didn't. Just, they just, probably didn't go just like you and and uh, Stephanie. Yeah. Yeah. Just both of <laughs> Great. you. You're everyone in your house. <laughs> yeah. We're good at quitting. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was probably the most devastated. Like I was probably the most like, oh shit. What do yeah, we do yeah. now? I was so yeah. pissed at you. And that was early on too. It was like we were like a year in. But if I did it now. It wouldn't affect you that much. Would no, it? no. I already had to build around a contingency. A, a mat. Yeah. 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 I think it's when you, you know, that's an interesting kind of perspective is in the early days, if you rely on somebody that much, like a partner, for example, mm. and they quit, like that could be, that could be the end of a business. But if you are established and I had, like, if I hired, like, um, I don't know. Like even like even if Michelle if she if Michelle were to quit on me, it would hurt like hell. Mm. But she has established her role so well and she I don't think she would ever just flat out quit on me. I think this is why I say like even nowadays most of my employees or most of my the people that I work with are like I'll get like I'm putting in my two weeks like or I'm putting you know like I'll help you find yeah. somebody else to replace me, you know, because it's like you, it's just a dick move to just yeah. ghost or leave in yeah. one day and yeah yeah um so thank you jonathan for your question yes i think we kind of went through it all and answered it and last but not least we're going to jason yaros i'm assuming that's how you spell it or say it or jaros or jaros but i'm hoping it's yaros uh how are you guys wait oh how have you guys formed most of your relationships with other online creators through meeting them in person at events slash conferences or mainly through online communication? That's a good question. I would, I would say like, how do you meet anyone in your life in most cases? You know, there's, you meet new people in person. Mm -hmm. If all, friends kind of introduce you to them, mm -hmm. you know, and that's how it would work for me. Otherwise I will never meet somebody. And then if it wasn't through an introduction with friends, I have actually a very good chance through online. And so we go to conferences mm -hmm. and if, you know, if I was there with you, and there's, there's been a few I've went with you and you like pull someone in and then we're talking and then I've made this connection with them, but I yeah. will never just walk into someone else's click and be like, yo, 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 you got a podcast. Yeah. Right. I won't either. I won't either. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, people email all the time in, or I'll just shoot emails to other people and you kind of connect that way. I, I prefer online. Think about, uh, you know, and we're talking about other online creators. So like our peers, mm. right? You and I met online yeah. completely, even though we live two, two hours from each other. Mm -hmm. We've met in person, obviously, like after that. But uh, it was it was online for most of the time. Right. Um, damn, I. I'm going to go ahead and say that it's kind of a mix. I don't think I've ever met someone in person and I immediately clicked with that I didn't either already know through an online through either or for somebody that I didn't already know through online stuff mm -hmm. or didn't already have communication, whether it was through Twitter or email or whatever. Right. I don't think I've walked up to somebody at a, I've never walked up to somebody at a conference, met them and went like, do we just become best friends? <laughs> yup. You know, it's like it didn't. Oh, and it's like, I'm just trying to think of all of the peers that I like are good friends with, mm. you know, um, like, for example, like Thomas is a great example of like somebody that we're both friends with. Uh, 
he, we met online, mm. right? But then hung out in person at, I think it was a uh, podcast movement, right? It was the first time we actually like hung out in yeah. person. Yeah. 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 Um, so that was like, I think what it is for uh, for me is like you develop an online online relationship, which is very shallow, and maybe if maybe if it moves to Zoom or 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 Skype, it it deepens a little bit more. Mm. But then it really deepens when you meet them in person and you just you just click. So it's like it's kind of like it's a three step process, or it could be like a two step process going from like, hey, I saw you on Twitter to we met in person. We actually get along. This is great. But almost always starting online. Yeah. Cause yeah. Yep. And I, and and it's also like acquaintances. Like I met Sean Ogle. Uh, he was at a party. I was in Portland, but Stephanie knew him and like another person I was with knew him. And then I knew him from being online, but like we never really had, I don't think we had had any conversations prior to, and then we, I was at his house and it was like, mm. Oh, okay. And then we just kind of like slowly developed the relationship through online. And cause he doesn't live in the same town as me. So it's not always in person and it was, but it was through a conference. So there is sometimes that that does happen. Um, man, I don't know. I guess the, I, for me, I want to say it's like a 50, 50 split, mm. you know, like the, the, the guy that I hang out with the most in, in, in regular life is Nathaniel Boyle. He ran a site who's been on the show before he ran, um, the daily travel podcast back in the day. He was on listed money matters. Mm. Like when we first started. And that's how I met him, quote unquote, because I believe it was Candace who was working for us, getting booking us guests. And she was really into travel stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think she put us in touch with him. And then we I met and then we had a long conversation with him at Podcast Movement. And then the next, uh, you know, conference I went to, he was there and we just hung out. And then it's like and then he moved here. And that's it's like, where, yeah, I remember I remember talking to him at podcast movement. He said he 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 said he ta- he knew Laura more. He talked to Laura more. I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, he, that was at the first podcast movement, and that was like okay, cool. And we like drank and had beers, and it was like okay, cool. Somebody that you can just hang with and be normal with. And then and then like you know he was online here and there, and then I next conference he happened to be at. He's like, oh, let's go get some beers. Like okay, and it's just kind of like developed over time and then of course when he moved here i'm like dude like come hang out and it was just like okay mm. well now we're like like you know hanging out every week so i guess it, that was kind of both it's, you know, it either, it's gotta, with, i think it's got to be one of two things at least for me you got to mm-hmm. be in a scenario where other online creators are gonna meet mm-hmm. because otherwise it winds up being like such an edge case oh yeah you know it's like really like one in a million that it actually becomes anything meaningful or in person a similar situation needs to happen, but with like personal introductions, introductions. And, and an example is like, uh, you know, we'd go to podcast movement, whatever. And we'd meet like the people from fizzle or mm-hmm. what, but, uh, I had like a meetup in the city for all my matters fans. Thomas came and, uh, some creators in New York that he knew came. And then, so you kind of like, yeah, through you just, Thomas, right. You know, whatever. Yep. But like strangers are reaching out. That, that's a hard one. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the, the I mean to kind of answer the question is like, do you, have you have we formed most of our relationships with other online creators through events or yeah. through online communication? Online communication. And I kind of have to say the same. Although, and and I would say like 
events and conferences are the solidification of is this is this relationship going to go further or is it going to end? Because you'll meet them in person to see if you jive. Yeah. Um, and it's I think it's also like you're either serious about doing your whole business or online thing or you're not super serious. Yeah. And so you need to either be if you're not serious, you need to be with other non-serious people because the serious people are going to be pissed you're wasting their time. Yeah. And they're not going to be, oh, interested, yeah. you know, and vice versa. I have a question for I have a question that's semi related to this, uh, but I I kind of talked about it with Nathaniel and it was really I think Barrett Brooks on Twitter brought this up and I had a visceral reaction. I actually didn't read the tweet. Steph kind of asked me the question and said, like, what what do you think about this? And I had a visceral reaction. I want to see what you have. Mm. Um, How do you approach somebody that you really genuinely want to have a conversation with and just talk to and not and have zero agenda. How do you ask them out for coffee without, without an agenda? Well, Matt, you know me. And so you know that there is zero scenario where there would not be an agenda. You're saying that you would never ask somebody out to coffee unless you had an agenda the agenda might be to learn things about their business or I don't, maybe the agenda is to be a friend with them or I don't sure. know what Let's it is. Let's say that is the agenda. I, I don't, I'm not like, Hey, like, I don't know. Is it two thirty? All right. I, I, coffee. Like I had yeah. nothing. To, like, no, like I have like shit that I want to do. Even when yeah. I didn't have shit that was important. I still don't actually. Yeah. You know? Um, so, so does, so every, so people ask you out for coffee, right? Yes, and I you're in almost New York and... never. I mean, or I'll say yes, and then I'll ghost last minute because I'll I'll be like, <laughs> you know, I want I want to like meet people and do things. Sure. And then when it comes the time to, I'm like, what what am I doing? Yeah. This, I, like this person just wants something from me. Okay, that's I agree. Mm. It's the same thing. Uh, so uh, my reaction to this 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 co- this comment was, why are you asking people out to coffee? That immediately implies it. agenda. It's, it's it's one it's so one sided. I would meet fans, and it would only be when I could just tell they really genuinely just wanted to talk to me. They didn't. Wh- they weren't like trying ha- to get a thing. They, and how would you know that? Because they would email me. They'd be mm-hmm. back and forth. You kind of like meeting of the minds a little bit. Okay. And it would just be like, hey, like, can I? They like, can I buy you a beer? Right. And I'd be like, absolutely. But the first and last right. beer are on me. You know, dude, I, to me, <laughs> like agreed the way that you I had to appra- feel if, realness, you know, I know if you and this, this is like, I know we're both drinkers and not everyone's a, a drinker. And so the way the, the, the word or the phrase that encapsulates this for me is invite them to happy hour, mm. not drinks, not coffee, There's not even lunch because lunch also implies business, right? Right. right. Coffee implies business. Happy hour implies we're done business, mm. you know? And also, you don't have to drink. It's happy hour. They have uh, chicken nuggets on sale or whatever. I don't know where <laughs> we're going. But I, I think to me, it was like, as soon as you ask somebody to coffee, there, of course, there's going to, like, if anyone's like, hey, can I take you out for coffee? I'm like, what do you want? Yeah. Or if I, if I said to somebody, I want to take you out for coffee, it's because I want something from them. But if I'm like, let's go to happy hour, it's like, I want to have fun personally. You know what I mean? And so I, I don't care what we talk about, to be honest with you. Cause I'm just like, oh, let's go to happy hour. Like Coffee whatever. Meetings are always like short yeah. and intense. Dude. And I hate mm. them. I've had so many of them here in Boulder and I always take them because when I, I moved across the country, I didn't know shit. 
And one of my rules was just say yes to just everything. And I had a boss who would like do it for our one on one. And it was either like him telling me that I wasn't doing shit, me posturing, trying to get like a, it was like always like, ah, always shit. I, in an hour, I have to go get coffee. Like I have to prepare. Yeah. 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 So that's, I think, um, I think if you are really like, there's people here in Boulder that I would love to just like meet Mm. and perhaps see if anything comes about it. Um, I don't, I, you know, I, uh, there's a couple people here. Like I, I think, uh, like one of the guys that I'd really like to meet and talk to is this guy who started buffer. Mm. He lives, he lives here in Boulder. Uh, cause I've, cause of Twitter and you know, I just, that's how I know. I mean, but I'm like, well, I, you know, I don't want to ask him to things and feel like I'm trying to get something. I don't want anything from Buffer. I pay Buffer. Like, mm. I, I'm just a customer. And yeah. I'm just like, hey, it's just another guy who operates in my field, who lives in my town. Like, how the hell do you just... I I just did this recently. Oh, and okay. it And it went, like, really, like, weird. So, uh, yeah. in, in my building, there is this company um, called Bear Mattress. And they just sell mattresses. Uh-huh. And I was, uh, you know, you're going to say bare metrics. No, no, no. And, you know, I don't know why I did this um, or I, I was just like looking it up on. Oh, I saw that they were in share a sale. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Ah. Like they were they were in the same building. Yeah. And I was like looking and I started like looking at SEO shit and I looked at their site. I'm like, oh, my God, they need so much help. Like, yeah. this is just sad, you know, because I know how lucrative this stuff is. So I reached out. Right. We did coffee. Super weird. Never again. And you were just trying to help them. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe I'll no- make a friend. Yeah. Right. I, I had no it, agenda. And why did it work out? Because I didn't have an agenda. I don't know. <laughs> because because of coffee? Uh, personalities, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, of course, that's going to happen too, right? Mm-hmm. It's like personalities will just clash. And that's fine. Like, I've gone on many a coffee date where I was like, cool, we're not the same person. Like, we agree. Shake hands or actually just fist bump or elbow touch now. And, coronavirus, and yeah. Right. Yeah. Social distancing. So, yeah. like, it's going to happen, right? Yeah. But I feel like if you're like, hey, a group of people are going out to happy hour, like, does anybody want to go? And, like, it feels like, one, you just invited a bunch of people, so no one, there's no single agenda, right? There's and not everyone me will asking intermingle. You. It's not like it's Everyone will intermingle, you. and you may, you know, you may, you're going to gravitate towards the, maybe the one girl or guy who's like, Hey, I just jive with this person, but and then ever and then maybe you connect other people at the same time, which I why I love parties and per- personally because it's like oh, I can pick and choose who to talk to, and I might mm. talk to somebody for like I don't know fifteen minutes and go like oh boy I need to I need to bounce from this mm. you know conversation because we are just not on the same page at all you know so I can move to somebody else, but if we're on a coffee date and I picked you oh boy isn't that going to be awkward? So it's so just, you you wouldn't really wouldn't really what coffee date. Oh, I I've never done it. Oh, I've never okay, asked. Yeah. I've never asked anybody else. Yeah, call. you're not missing anything. Nope. I, I I don't one because uh I mean I don't I, I mean I think I've I think I did, but I made it very clear like um we're meeting about something. You know, like mm-hmm. when I when I was meeting with my real estate agent, I was like, let's go get coffee because I want to talk about X and X. And you know, I had a whole I literally had an agenda and we were already pre-friends, so we knew mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we didn't, it wasn't weird to go get coffee, but I've definitely gone on date. Like people have gone, Hey, there's this guy, he's in your town. He does similar things you do. Do you want to go get coffee with him? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I go and I'm like, no, we don't do the same thing. Like you completely mismatched us, Mm. but there's been, you know, uh, specifically Doug, who's a guy who was just on his podcast. Uh, he's, he's going to be on the money lab show, which is his podcast repurposed. 
um, on this show, but he, he lives in town and everyone on the internet was like, dude, you need to meet this guy. He does affiliate marketing and he brews his own beer and he lives in your town. He's like, you guys would be the perfect match. And is he Italian? No. Oh, (laughs) I mean, of course you have to be Italian for to match up with me. I mean, geez, I mean, forget about it. Right. Uh, Nisi. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Uh, So he, so it was funny because he had gotten the same messages like, yo, Mm. this guy, Matt lives in your town. He brews beer and he does affiliate marketing. You guys should meet up. And it just so happened. We were at the same place at the same time. And it was at Mr. Money Mustache's headquarters because I was doing a homebrew thing. And obviously he's a homebrewer and he's actually a part of that community, the, mm. the fire community and, and also Mr. Money Mustache's headquarters thing. And he was like, Matt, right? And I was like, Doug, right? He's like, yeah. And we just like, that was like it. And That's I was like, awesome. cool. We're at it. We're at a very casual event. We no agenda. And then we got together and started like planning things to do. Like he came mm. over here to do a podcast with me uh, where I did a beer competition with him. So it was just like, now it's kind of, organically kind of moving in that direction which is cool so i think it's the way it's i mean that's obviously that's, that's how you do it. that's that's serendipitous and, yeah. and you can't plan for that but that's the way you do it yeah i think we're good here i think we've i think we spent enough time on this yeah. i want to thank jason jonathan anthony daniel and josh for all your questions thank you so much and i want to thank j paul Hendricks for sending in my new middle name mile high jersey guy that is exactly i guess mm. what i am you are very tall yes no, it's the Mile High City. Oh, okay. I live. I live in uh, Colorado. Oh, okay. I, still, <laughs> yeah. I, I like. I thought I got it. I was like Philly. What? Yeah, Mile High Jersey guy. It rhymes. I like it. I want to thank everyone who sent in a question again. Keep them coming. We're we'll be doing more shows like this in the future. And of course, I need to thank Andrew, my Mandrew, for joining me on this episode of Money Lab. Thank you so much. Oh yeah, my pleasure. Okay, it's very weird. Uh, (laughs) Head over to moneylab.co to read more about our business experiments and challenges and email me, Matt, at moneylab.co with topics you'd like us to discuss on the show and feel free to send me a new middle name suggestion. (laughs) If you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Player FM, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, TuneIn, Castro, Radio Public, Stitcher, Pandora, MixCloud, CastBox, or wherever you normally listen to podcasts. And when you do, please leave a review. Okay, that's it. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye-bye. Please tell your friends about this show. <laughs>